welcome to the Great Quotes for Coaches podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to helping coaches create successful team experiences through the use of quotes. I'm your host, Scott Rosberg. In each episode, we'll discuss one quote that I've found can be inspirational, motivational, and helpful on your coaching journey to become your best, so you can help your teams become their best. So lace them up tight, focus on your target, listen up and take notes as we dive in to today's Great Quote for Coaches. All right, and welcome back to the Great Quotes for Coaches podcast. This is episode 72 of the podcast, and for those of you who've been following us for a while, you know that we've been making our way through Coach John Wooden's Pyramid of Success for the last few months. Uh, Wooden had 15 building blocks in the pyramid, so we've covered all 15 building blocks, and now we're making our way through what he called the mortar elements. And Today we're into mortar element number four, so these are the elements that bind the building blocks together. Mortar element number four is honesty. And he's talking here, he says, about honesty in thought and action. And as I've told you throughout the, the series, we are t- getting uh, the material for this, this series from the book Coach Wooden's Pyramid of Success by John Wooden and Jay Cardi. I highly recommend you check that book out. You will see a lot of what we have been talking about throughout this series, but also you'll see quite a bit more, especially from Jay Cardi's perspective um, as well. So, uh, But I've taken the majority of this directly from the Wooden parts of the book. And Wooden says about honesty that it's doing things that we know are right and not giving into the, the temptation to do the things we know are wrong. And if you're really going to be honest, you must you know, make sure you're doing this at all times. And it's, as I said earlier, in both your thoughts and your actions. You know, no matter what the consequences are, honest people stay focused on being honest. Um, and and he, he brings in the concept of integrity, of course, that is, honesty is a huge part of integrity. But he's gonna, we're going to go into integrity in more detail and I think it's four episodes from now, uh, because that's w- another one of the, the mortars. So he, he gave a specific mortar for honesty and then a specific mortar for integrity. But he does say that if we're going to be honest, then our, our integrity is never going to allow us to compromise. You, know, you just don't lie, either to yourself or to other people. You, you just don't lie if you are a person who is honest and if you're a person who has integrity. He says, a dishonest act, dishonest act is an attempt to deceive someone. It's possible, though, also to be so deceptive, we even deceive ourselves. And oftentimes we're doing this to justify some kind of lie, some type of behavior you know, or maybe even somebody else has been dishonest with us, and so we're going to get back at them, so to speak. No matter what the reason it is that you are dishonest, though, it destroys your credibility. It'll ruin your reputation, and then it costs you your own self-respect. Now, I know some of you are thinking, well, wouldn't said, you know, be more concerned with your character than your reputation. You know, it's a great quote. Your character is who you really are. Your reputation is what others think of you. So why is he saying anything about your reputation? Well, reputation is still important. 
it's just not nearly as important as what you truly are, your character. Now, there are a variety of types, a variety of ways to be dishonest. You know, the clearest one is just outright lying to other people. But that's certainly not the only form of that. Sometimes we'll bend rules. Sometimes we'll try and, you know, tweak situations in order to give us some type of an advantage. And yet we're actually kind of cheating. And Wooden speaks of a time when he did this, when he was not proud of it, as he looked back on it during that time. Actually, right in the moment. Unfortunately, I know all too well the kind of situation he was talking about. Because I had done it myself a few times coaching basketball. And what he talked about is an opposing coach, uh, after a foul on a UCLA player, wouldn't coach the UCLA team, after a foul on Wooden's team, you know, maybe there was a, a bunch of people together, and so the, the referees, there was kind of a t- you know, bunch of bodies. It's not completely clear who is getting fouled. The referee goes over to the scorer's table, makes the call, and if at this time, by the way, there were only two officials in, in you know, basketball. There weren't three. So one less set of eyes to see this. The official goes to the scorer's table, reports the foul, and in the meantime, the other coach has sent a better free-throw shooter to the free-throw line as if that's the player who got fouled. And the referees didn't always pick up on that. Because you know when you get fouled, you just start walking to the free-throw line. It's just a common thing to do. Well, this coach had taught his players to do that, or he would maybe even during the game point and, and Wooden just got more and more frustrated with it. So then he, Wooden started to do it himself. And he realized in the moment, this isn't right. I shouldn't be doing this. Because he gave into the temptation to do what the other guy was getting away with. How many times have any of us done something in that realm where somebody else does something, they get away with it, and we're like, well, this isn't fair, and then they do it again, and they do it, and we're like, well, I need to get away with that. <laughs> Just because they're getting away with it and doing being Ill, dishonest and illegal doesn't mean we should. But I got to tell you, I, I've done the same thing as a coach. I had heard about doing that. I'd seen it done, and so I did the same thing, and at first I thought, ooh, I got away with one. And then eventually I started thinking, that's not right. I shouldn't be doing that. And, you know, I don't want to just pat myself on the back here, but I've had it happen since figuring this out. And it took me quite a few years to figure it out. I've had it happen the other way um, since then, where the officials sent, you know, this other kid to the free throw line. And I stepped up and said, no, no, it, it wasn't him. You know, they've, they're sending a better free throw shooter line. I'm like, this isn't right. They Just because they saw it wrong doesn't mean I should take advantage of this. And there are some of you that say, well, you're just gaming the system or you're just, you know, you're, you're just uh, playing within the rules. It's like, mm, is that really how we want to act? Is that being honest? And am I teaching kids? I've got my kids sitting there watching. Am I teaching them the right lesson by doing that? So the first way, I'm certainly being dishonest by specifically trying to get somebody to do something that is wrong. But in the second instance, I'm doing just the opposite. Uh, I've seen some wrong that has happened, and I'm trying to make it right. You know, think about it. Which one can you live with better? Which one would you feel better about doing? And more importantly, 
I think more importantly, which one are you more proud of as your kids are sitting there watching you in terms of the kinds of lessons that you try to teach your players and teach your own families and the, the, the people in your life? So I think that it's important that we learn from this type of, of mistake. I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else because of this. I'm just saying in those moments when I tried to you know, kind of game the system and take advantage of something, gosh, I just didn't feel right about it. Whereas when you do the right thing and you you make this call uh, to say, hey, no, no, that, that wasn't the right one. It should be this. You feel so much better about yourself. And I use that term call because of what I want to tell you about now, two examples of this, specific examples. What we call in the organization I speak for, Proactive Coaching, what our director, Bruce Brown, has called honor calls. And it's when you see a wrong that has happened, but it's benefited you, and you make the call to the official and say, hey, uh, that didn't happen that way. And it, it, it was like it, it, the classic one is, is the ball went off of me. And I want to tell you about two specific examples, one that I saw personally and one that happened here in the state of Montana where I live in a major game, in a major situation and what happened. And I'm going to start with, with that one because um, it's, it's such a great example of what honor calls are and this whole concept of being honest. So, you know, I mentioned uh, Coach Brown, our director at Proactive Coaching. I think he spoke at this school. Uh, Manhattan Christian is the name of the school. They're about 45 minutes away from where I live. I think he had spoken there. Th- and, and this event happened probably eight, ten years ago, maybe a little longer ago. But I think he either spoke there or they had seen him at a, confer- a coaching clinic or somehow the, I think they had gotten the concept of honor calls from, from Bruce. And their coach and the leaders of the program instituted these and said, we, this is who we need to be. And it's this concept, as I said, where when you, you know, have something has gone your way when it really shouldn't have, you make the call and you let the official know about it. Well, this is the volleyball team at Manhattan Christian in the state tournament, state championship game, game five, as far as I remember the way the story was told, game five of the state championship game. And uh, a play gets happens where one of the Manhattan Christian players goes up to block a kill shot by the opponent, and the ball ever so slightly grazes off of, of her hand. Not, not so much that it, you could actually see it move, see it change change course and of direction. And so the official calls it out. Uh, ball goes to Manhattan Christian. And I can't remember if this is when there was side out already, which gave a point, or if it was just you got the ball back. Um, but either way, it's benefiting Manhattan Christian. And the girl immediately goes to the official and says, no, no, I touched that ball. It should be their ball. Can you imagine the honesty, the integrity that that player had in that moment? Now, a couple things about it. First of all, total kudos to her for doing that because she didn't have to. Yet, she would have lived with that for the rest of her life if she never told anybody. Secondly, total kudos to the coach and to the staff and to the teammates and to everybody for saying, this is just how it's supposed to be. Isn't that what we want to teach our kids? Don't we want to teach them the integrity and the honesty to live like that? 
the beauty of it is they went on and won the state tournament. Um, and uh, so it gets to be a, even an even better story where they did it the right way. This player did it the right way. And they were also rewarded with the win. The second story comes from a much less, uh, I don't know if important is the right way to put it, but it was not state championship. It was not high school. It was a, a U-12 soccer game that I was coaching. Uh, this is probably, well, 2015, so about six years ago. And we were playing in this game. It was a, just a rec league game, and the the other team takes a shot, or the ball comes rolling, and our keeper dives to try and save it. And you can't really tell if he got a finger on it or not. The ball went out of bounds past the goal. It looked like maybe he did, but the official did not see that. And so they awarded what's called a goal kick, which means our keeper or somebody else gets to kick the ball away. As opposed to if he did touch it, it goes over the end line. The other team gets what's called a corner kick, which is a great scoring opportunity. We'll be back after a quick break. The Coaching Conversation 2024. This podcast is 100% dedicated to leadership and leadership within the workplace coaching area. We work with companies throughout the world teaching leaders how to coach their employees. This podcast is dedicated to teaching specific strategies, frameworks, coaching models, and now artificial intelligent strategies to help leaders drive greater teamwork, collaboration, cooperation, greater attitudes, better motivation, coaching career development, just to name a few. I hope you'll check out our podcast. Our keeper stops, goes and picks the ball up, brings it over for the goal kick, and then I see him look, and you can just see the realization on his face. And he turns to the, I can't remember if it was the official or the, the sideline official, and says, he taps his chest and says, no, no, that went off of me. I touched it. And this was such a big moment for me for a few reasons. The first one is this, here I am, the coach. My first thought, is, oh, I think he may have touched it, but I think we got away with that. And then I thought, Scott, who are you? You're the person who goes and speaks to schools. You write about this kind of stuff. And your first thought in a recreational soccer game for 12-year-olds and 11-year-olds is, oh, we may have gotten away with one. Shame on you. And then I thought, Keeper, holy cow, great job. This 12-year-old boy taught me so much in that moment about doing the right thing. I asked him later on, you know, what happened? And he said, yeah, my first reaction was to think, hey, I, you know, I, I, got, I, I touched it, but they didn't see it. And then he said, but then I thought, well, that's not the right thing to do. <laughs> and so that's why he told the official. And I thought, my gosh. I, I was so proud of that boy, so proud of that keeper for doing the right thing, and so ashamed of myself for thinking, hey, maybe we just got away with one, which will help us possibly win. Let's face it, it's a rec league game for 12-year-olds. Now, I wrote a blog post after that about that situation along with that honor call situation with Manhattan Christian, but I never told anybody this part of the story. The keeper was my son. 
And I got to tell you, six years later, I am still so proud of the fact that my son would do it that way. And I don't tell this story to be, you know, hey, everybody, you know, kudos to my son and you all need to recognize what a great kid I got. No, no. I tell this because I learned a lesson from my boy that I should have been the one teaching him. How often does this happen to us as coaches, as adults, where our young people are the ones teaching us? And so it's one of those moments. I'm so proud of my boy for so many things that he's done in this, in this life and in this world, but that certainly ranks right up there. And quite honestly, amazingly enough, I'd forgotten about it until I went back looking for the blog post about the Manhattan Christian Honor Call and then looked at the post and realized, oh, that's right, Morgan did that before too. And uh, anyway, that's one of those proud papa moments, proud coach moments. And it's one of those also very ashamed person moments that I'm the one supposedly trying to teach these lessons. And I'm thinking, ooh, I think we might have gotten away with one. And so Wooden says, the lesson to learn is how to resist the temptation when it comes. While we may never be tempted to steal money or do something else that drastic, we may be tempted to do other dishonest acts, like discredit someone or tell some white lie, or like the thing that I just said I've done. We have to rise above that temptation to act in such a manner. For it's just going to tarnish us and our reputation, and we'll fall from our path to success if we succumb to that temptation. And here's the other thing. I just felt bad about myself, you know, after that. And... I felt great about my son. I felt great about this player on my team who happened to be my son, but I felt bad about myself. Honesty is not only the best policy, Wooden says, it's also the best therapy. Because telling the truth and being true to ourselves not only enhances our relations with others and with whatever higher power we might believe in, but it also makes us feel better about ourselves. When I've done that right thing, when I would send the right free throw shooter to the line, as opposed to thinking, oh, we got away with one, I felt so much better. And some of you might be thinking, well, that's not that big a deal. Eh, maybe. Then again, maybe it's huge. So anyway, I love this concept. And I've got uh, five quotes for you about honesty. I could, you could have done a ton more of them. But these are five that I found that I think are really good. The first one comes from uh, Warren Buffett, one of the richest men in the world. He says, honesty is a very expensive gift. Don't expect it from cheap people. (laughs) I love that. John Lennon, the, the late, great John Lennon, said, being honest may not get you a lot of friends, but it'll always get you the right ones. Oh, that is so good. And we're going to circle back to that with one of the last ones that you're going to hear. I said we've got five quotes, but actually there's a sixth because one of the people I have two quotes from, uh, and one of them we're going to circle back to to that John Lennon one about, yeah, you might get not, not get a lot of friends, but you will have the right friends if you are always honest. Uh, Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers, honesty is often very hard. The truth is often painful, but the freedom it can bring is worth the trying. Did that man not teach kids some of the greatest lessons ever? I know... A lot of us kind of made fun of him for the style or for the way. You watch Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood shows and you go, God, those are the lessons I want my son, my daughter learning. <laughs> Absolutely outstanding stuff. And there's a great one right there. Here's one from Marcus Aurelius, Roman emperor and philosopher. 
If it is not right, do not do it. If it is not true, do not say it. I don't think it could get stated any clearer, any more succinctly than that. And then finally, from the 14th Dalai Lama, there's two quotes here. Like I said, we're going to circle back to the John Lennon one here because of what you'll hear. Leading your life honestly and truthfully will create trust and friendship. So there we go. When you are truthful, when you are honest, people will trust you and you will have that many more friends. You will develop true friendships. And then let's wrap it up with this one from the same Dalai Lama. The real source of inner joy is to remain truthful and honest. So those same two words, but the concept of the first one, you get, you know, satisfaction with other people, creating friends, building trust. The second one is inside of us, the joy that we experience knowing that we did the right thing, that we said the right thing, that we were honest with others. Like I said, when I thought my son had gotten away with that, uh, touching that ball, I felt terrible. When I heard him, when I watched him, you know, own up to it and say, no, no, that went off of me. I felt outstanding that my son would, would have done that the right way. You know, a lot of, I've had a lot of people through the years tell my wife and me, you know, what, what a nice job we've done with him raising him. And yes, that's certainly part of it. But I got to say, the boy kind of came out that way. <laughs> he just came out, uh, out into the world kind of doing things the right way. And again, I don't want to sound like I'm just tooting my son's horn, but when somebody does something like that, you kind of want to, you know, make sure that, that they get the credit for it. And like, like I say, a lot of people would give us the credit, but quite honestly, that was, that was him. And it certainly was proven when I'm the one trying to think, yeah, we got away with it. And he's the one saying, uh-uh, I, I touched that. So when we behave that way, when we act that way, like the Dalai Lama says, it is a, the real source of inner joy. And so I hope we all can take from this episode and these quotes and these concepts from Wooden and these two stories, this concept that let's always act with honesty, let's always act truthfully. And like I said, in a, in a few weeks, we'll also carry that on into the, the much, uh, much more detailed concept of integrity. So great concept there, honesty, you got to love it. I'm, I'm loving, you know, I loved all of the building blocks, absolutely. But I am loving these mortars because, you know, like like Wooden said, they are kind of bringing, you know, the things that bind all of the building blocks together. So we will move on to another uh, mortar element next week, and that one is resourcefulness. So come back next week to hear what uh, John Wooden had to say, and here's some quotes on the concept of resourcefulness on the Great Quotes for Coaches podcast. We will talk to you then. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you'd please do me a favor and leave a rating and a short review of the podcast, I would really appreciate it. Ratings and reviews help podcasts get in front of that many more listeners. We want to get as many people exposed to the messages of inspiration and impact through the use of quotes that we cover on this podcast. Also, check us out on slamdunksuccess.com, where you'll find a lot more information to help you become the best you're capable of becoming. I look forward to serving you again next time with another great quote for coaches.